Hi, this is Rod with PCs and Parts. We are giving away a free desktop PC for the month of December. So come by and check it out and enter to win our free PC giveaway. We provide sales and service for all makes and models. For all your computer needs, come by and see us. We are located in the Orchard Shopping Center in Loveland next to the Ace Hardware. Or you can find us at PCsandparts.com. Call us at 970-203-0696. That's 970-203-0696. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7- to 8-foot-tall flowering tree for only $269.50 and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only $270. You Come take I-25 to exit 235, then 5 miles west to the Tree Farm. This Christmas, experience the magic of Rocky Mountain Freeze-Dry. Our artisan freeze-dried ice cream crafted by our local Colorado company brings a unique twist. Ice cream that doesn't melt. From classic vanilla to exciting cookie dough, our crunchy treats melt into velvety smooth joy. And for a nostalgic twist, try our puffed-up candies, perfect for gifts and stocking stuffers. Visit RockyMountainFreezeDry.com and unwrap the extraordinary. Ho, ho, ho! This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Day by day, oh dear Lord, three things I pray, to see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, follow thee. Good greetings, good morning. Welcome to the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. 
I have uh, <clears throat> three or four directions I'm going to go in the next three hours. I'm going to begin with verses out of Hebrews chapter 12. And this is the Apostle Paul in verse 20-25. See that you refuse not him that speaks. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven, whose voice, whose voice shook then, at that time, shook the earth, but now he's promised, saying, yet again, one more time, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, has begun to shake the earth one final time. Not the earth only, but the heavens also. When Christ came, He shook the world of that time. The religious world, the civil world, and just the region. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote the book of Hebrews, it had been years after Christ's death. I'm trying to remember roughly how, how many years into the future. I think it's probably 30 years when he wrote Hebrews after Christ's uh, death and resurrection. I try to remember exactly. I try to be as correct as I can. But Paul was able to review what had happened after Christ's death and not only not and, and not only review it, but he was part of persecuting God's children. So with that he was witness to the whole culture had been shaken through Christ. Rome had been shaken. Israel had been shaken, the priesthood had been shaken, and now you have for 40 years, 30, 30, almost 40 years, I think it was about 30 years, he uh, was actually witness to the changes that took place, and so he wrote that Moses, God shook the nation of Israel at the time of Moses and 
at the time of Christ's being, his, his birth, death, resurrection, the earth had once again been shaken. And not just the earth, but the heavens also. Now, today, the Holy Spirit is deeply involved in building His kingdom. The kingdom is being built not in might, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Boy, I'm trying to present two things at once. Everything is being shaken presently again. The Christian church world in the United States of America, the Christian churches internationally are being shaken. The society is being shaken. When Christ, before His death and resurrection, there was already conflict between the religious world of that time and the nation of Rome. There is the exact same thing happening presently. The Christian world and the the society, the government, there is you can see it's evident there is a clash. There is a kind of a jousting. Internationally the same, but I focus on the United States the United States of America. It's it's simple. I keep it simple this way. Paul witnessed a great shaking that took place in the religious world and in the civil society. And the greater shaking was soon to come when Titus would come to destroy the temple. The temple once again. The Jewish people will be scattered. The church before Titus came, the Christian people had already been warned in Christ's prophecies that there would be a time when the temple would be destroyed. No stone would be on top of another stone. And he was telling the Christian, the body of believers, Jewish and Gentile, both. Because by the time Titus destroyed the temple, the gospel had been preached heavily to the Jewish people, to the Hebrew people. And in the area to the Gentiles, the Gentiles had become, had begun, uh, Christ was bringing Gentiles into his plan. Both peoples, Hebrew and Gentile. The believers had left the area, they were scattered. They went south, south into Africa, east, north, into Turkey. 
the Jewish people that remained in Jerusalem and the area were murdered. The body of believers had been dispersed. The shaking had taken place. The same, in exact same example, what had happened then is happening presently. It will be made very evident, more evident, made uh, much more clear in the last decade. If you have Listen to my programs. In the past, my position is that we are in the final ten years before Christ returns. We're in the final decade. We're already inside the ten-year period. The tribulation is coming. It is very close. We are near to the tribulation the first three and a half years of hardship. We are in presently a time called birth pains and sorrows. The time of birth pains and sorrows is, is uh, you can say it is a period of time from the time Israel becomes a nation to the present. And you can condense it by saying, well, it could be a time period from the 60s to the present. I can break it down so many different ways. It could be a time of sorrows. In other words, a pregnancy lasts nine months. 42, uh, 40, I think it's, what is it, 40 two months for a pregnancy I don't remember but nine months and the world became pregnant the final generation in 1948 May 14th Israel became a nation and it's been a long pregnancy but then finally in the pregnancy you're to the final days or in our case years and the pregnancy there is something that must be delivered what will be delivered is tribulation that's the name of the child that will be delivered tribulation and in the final years before tribulation, Matthew describes it as a time of birth pains, a time of sorrow. Hardship and suffering, sorrow, weeping, wailing, loss. Since 2022, the whole world has had sorrow because of this disease COVID well a weapon a man-made weapon for the purpose of 
murder, thinning, culling, thinning out the populations of the world. Sorrow. Everybody has experienced some sort of sorrow. This is exactly what Christ said there would be. A time of birth pains, meaning a child is to be born. The child's name is tribulation. And then sorrow before the tribulation. The time of sorrow and birth pains is not the tribulation. I hear Christians are all predicting, they're all giving their predictions that we are in the last seven years already. We are in the time of tribulation. We are not. They don't know eschatology. They don't know what, what is it? What one identifying incident starts tribulation? Just one there's only one sign. God did not want to complicate the matter of the day that the tribulation begins. He didn't want to complicate it. It's in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. There is a, an agreement become, between Israel's coming son of perdition the abomination of desolation and the nation of Israel. That's the only sign in the Bible clearly that is the indicator of the very first day of tribulation. An agreement between an individual who will become the abomination of desolation and the nation of Israel. Isaiah and the prophets had all, always warned Israel, do not make agreements with the nations. God says in Isaiah 46, I should read this to you. So I will. Um, I'll, I'll just go back a second. Paul said, Don't refuse him that speaks. They didn't escape who refused him that spake on the earth at the time of Moses. Much more, you will not escape if you turn away from the one who speaks from heaven the one that we believers can hear because he's in us. Whose voice shook the earth, then shook the earth, but now he's promised saying, one more time, I'm going to shake the earth. I'm going to shake the earth. I will shake the earth. But also, I will shake the heavens. I will change the nations I'm going to shake the heavens. Everything's going to be shaken. The religious world as we know it is going to be shaken. The civil world, the government as we know it, is going to be shaken. 
the culture as we know it is going to be shaken. Everything is going to be shaken. Everything is unstable. Not only on the, in the natural, but in the spiritual also. Naturally speaking, in the world, in the cosmos, things are going to be shaken. In the spiritual world, things are being shaken. And this word, one more time, identifies, it signifies the removing of the things that are shaken. Of things that are made, and those things which cannot be shaken will remain solid, firm, unchanged. Your walk with the Lord, the Christian the Christian people in this nation, Catholics, Episcopalian, Lutheran, every what we call assembly and the walk of every individual, the Christian walk, is going to be shaken. Winds, rains, and floods are coming to every Christian. Not, I'm not going to talk about a church group. I'm talking about individually. The Holy Spirit is changing things on the earth and in the heavens, in the spiritual realm. What is not of God is not going to stand the test. It's going to fail. If your faith and your hope and your trust is in anything in the world. We use things of the world. We have to. We have to eat. We have to be safe. We have to work. We are to be here for God's purposes. His plan. But your faith, your spiritual what you are spiritually in your faith, in your trust, who do you trust in, what do you trust in, is going to be tried. It has to be. And Christ is going to try the assemblies as a whole and the individuals in the assemblies in His family individually, are, everyone's going to be tried. I have ten things I'm trying to bring into this conversation. It's very difficult. I see too many things. Everything's going to be shaken. But then Christ, then Paul says, We have received a kingdom. We have received a kingdom which cannot be moved. It can't be moved. It is solid. So let us have the grace. Let us have the power of the Holy Spirit whereby we may serve God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and godly fear. In reality, in reality, we believe He's real. We know He's real. We can't hide anything from Him. 
He knows our heart. He knows everything about us. Everything, nothing is invisible to Him. We have to, with a true reverence, we have to fear Him. Not in a fearful way because He's a, you know, He's uh, someone we can't trust or depend on. No. We can depend on Him. We trust Him. But He is God. He is God. Our God is a consuming fire. You come before Him, whatever you are, whatever you think is going to be consumed. Okay, now... The... I'm going to go to my notes. The Apostle Paul, he saw and understood the changes, the shaking. And what happened then is happening again today. The Christian world to the Christian people. Israel is being shaken. I've been talking about Israel in previous weeks. I may continue to talk about the war. But but now, what happens with Israel, Israel's at war. Whatever happens with Israel, as we watch it in the natural realm, we are watching Israel fight with bullets, bombs, intel, That's in the natural realm. They have to fight to live, to exist. But what is happening in the natural realm is also happening in the spiritual realm, the realm that we believers are to be aware of, knowledgeable of, that we have to comprehend. Paul is talking about the change that took place in his time with change that took place in the time of Moses. Also, he speaks in other writings about the future. God is once again shaking everything. This time he's shaking the heavens. I'm going to speak more about the heavens than I am about bullets, bombs in Israel. That war is actually an easier war. It's easier to fight a natural war than it is a spiritual war. Because with a spiritual war, you can't see what you're fighting. You can sense it. You see the evidence that there is a spiritual battle taking place. But it's much more difficult Paul and the Christian people of that time after Christ's death and resurrection they were at war with the society with the religious world but Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 he makes a statement that we are not fighting with flesh and blood 
Well, it's flesh and blood that is persecuting the Christians, putting the Christians in jail, and even causing Christians to go to, to, to be with the Lord. We'll be back in a few minutes. This is Rick Rodriguez, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. And I'm going to continue, and then I will give contact information just a few minutes. And I mean just a few minutes. Hey, folks, get ready. The Warriors Revolution Open House is Saturday, December 16th. Come in and meet the Warriors crew and Pac-Man and the Rev. It will feature a live radio remote show from 1 to 3. Warriors is jammed with thousands of last-minute gift ideas and will feature several door-busting specials only available at this event. Come in and join us. The week of the 18th through the 23rd is pickup week, allowing plenty of time for your purchase to clear the 72-hour waiting period on firearms. Give the gift they really want. I know I want one. Warriors Revolution in Longmont, Colorado, located at Ken Pratt and Bowen Street. Firearms, accessories, and so much more. Come in and meet your friends. We're anxious to meet you. Warriors Revolution, Longmont, Colorado. See you there. Okay, okay. Well, I have a, another program in the system in case I can't make it in due to weather or other, other uh, things that might happen. I'd hate to be, to be on my way to the station and have a flat tire. And if I can't get in, I have another program that will automatically play. And I have to make sure that I turn these uh, different channels off or else you hear me twice. Contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Every Sunday, 9 to noon, the Olive Tree Ministry Radio Church Olive Tree Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program here on 1360 AM Radio, KHNC. And the podcasts are on 1360KHNC.com to the podcast section for the hosts and my program programs, the Olive Tree Ministry or the Present Truth Program during the week. Paul had a, he had a, he would ask the, the, uh, the believers to pray for him so that he could present the mysteries that God had revealed to him for the sake of the kingdom, this new kingdom 
that had been brought in through rebirth. And he had prayed and asked the believers to pray for him that he might be able to present clearly these mysteries to the churches. Pray for me. I see, I know what I want to present, but I will see, it's, it's like, uh, I, I'll just use the example of a running back. In high school, I did play a little football. And there were a few times that I had the opportunity to, to actually be in the backfield and take the ball and run, you know, as a fullback. And you're looking at the whole line. You know the play, who you're to follow. But if something happens, and let's say the right tackle can't open that line for you, then you have to make adjustments. And you have to decide to go left, or to go around, or actually to stop, back up, and go another direction to the left. This is exactly, in a principle, what Paul the Apostle was saying, and this is what the experience of many good, true teachers, pastors, evangelists, prophetic people, they have this problem. They see all the options and they have to find the opening and with these programs I have the outline of what I'm going to do but I do sense the leaning or the or the flow of the Holy Spirit in one direction more so than in, in another direction I have to go with where I feel the flow or life or peace or where I feel the anointing and it's a it's a uh, it is a discipline with each of you the Holy Spirit exactly in what I've just explained to you the Holy Spirit is upon you. When you pray, you begin in a certain direction, but if you don't have a flow or peace, you have to change. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to... You can pray with your mind, with your intellect, but you also need to sense which way the Holy Spirit is going in prayer and also in every other in, in all the other uh, things that are happening with you are you you're changing your job are you buying a vehicle are you moving are you do you have difficulty with people how do you visit with somebody like pastors having to uh, visit with people in their congregations that are difficult you want to help them but in the other hand you have to be firm with them because they can be destructive and you need the Holy Spirit 
to make the adjustments to help the individual at the same time to protect the assembly or the work that God has called you to do. I see the changes that are coming that have taken place in this country. And I too many times catch myself wanting to do things in the natural world. Paul said, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And a, an, a, a young, young, these young men that are put into ministry that don't know the Holy Spirit, they operate in that manner of going to war with flesh and blood. But behind these difficult people can be spirits, can be entities, demons, in the body of Christ. Many of the many men who have been the spiritual leaders in the evangelical churches in this country have operated in the flesh or the soul, but not in the spirit. There are three major doctrines of demons in the body of Christ. And anyone that addresses these three problems, there's a campaign to destroy them. One, doctrine of demon, a pre, a, a pre, mid, post, trib, or, or a, a rapture. Pre or mid trib, mid trib rapture. There's only one resurrection, but anything that is in opposition to one resurrection after the tribulation are believing a doctrine of demons. And for those that believe in pre-trib rapture, that time is very near. Within, I would say, the next 12 months, there should be an agreement right in that vicinity, maybe plus or minus, an agreement between Israel and an individual representing this country, America. When that takes place, the pre-trib rapture believers have just struck out. Strike one. Second doctrine of demon. Boy, I, I hope I don't forget what the second one was. I talk about it all the time. Um, is that uh, okay? We'll just we'll just hold. I'll bring. I'll I'll remember it in just a second. I like I say, I have a lot of things that I'm wanting to present at the same time. 
that there is going to be, and this is a big one too, that the body of Christ is going to take over the world and we are going to present the people of the world to Jesus Christ at His second coming as a gift. So we're going to take over the world and the world is going to, we're going to give the world to the, to the Lord to the Lord when He comes. It's a doctrine of demons. Another doctrine is that America is not in the Bible. I just heard Greg Laurie say that he cannot see in the Bible anywhere where America, he can't see America in the Bible anywhere. He can't see it. The spirits on the pastors of this country, these spiritual leaders, most of them, is so powerful. And he's a pre-trib believer that they cannot see that there would be in the time in which Christ returns one nation it would be a great Babylon the Great or it would be a great nation called Babylon the Great. It would be a harlot or a prostitute in Revelation 17 that would deceive the nations and destroy the nations and destroy and go to war with Christians. The whole Christian church internationally along with all the other religions of the world that are not true Christian and that America is not in the Bible. The scriptures talk about Babylon, the Babylon more than they do about Egypt or Greece. It's only broken down two ways. Ancient Babylon a nation that's set in the sea of sand, an end-time empire that sits between two great oceans, the Pacific and the Atlantic. It sits, it's almost like an island. It has a, to the, the south, you have the Gulf of Mexico. To the north, you do have the Great Lakes but it's surrounded on the east and west by two great bodies of water. So Paul said in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, these very, very intelligent angelic beings that deceive. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 6 so I can give you an idea of what Paul is talking about. He talked more about the angelic realm than the other 
apostles put together because he saw, he knew, he was in as a Pharisee in that being in that world, a rabbi studying the texts of Moses and the prophets, he had a greater vision and understanding of that spiritual world. The others did too. They understood it. But Paul could address it and explain it in a, in a much more uh, enlightening way. Children, obey your parents as the Lord wants because this is the right thing to do. It brings a blessing. The command says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment. It has a promise with it. Everything will be well with you. You will have a long life on earth and peace. Fathers, parents, don't make your children angry. Raise them up, train them, discipline them, teach them in the ways of the Lord. Slaves and masters. Slaves, obey your masters on the earth. Masters, according to the flesh, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my notes and I have my microphone in front of me. According to the flesh, with respect, fear these people and, and tremble. And from a sincere heart, just as you would obey Christ, obey them. You must do this not only while they are watching you to please them, but as slaves, bondservants of Christ, do what God wants with all your heart. Do your work with enthusiasm. Work as if you were serving the Lord, not people. This is a principle, a very hard principle with Christians. It's something that you have to practice. You work for an individual or a company, well, you're employed by them, you have to, in good conscience, do your best. You really do work for the Lord, but you do earn a paycheck through these people. But you do work as unto the Lord. The Lord will give you your reward to everyone slave or free, for doing good. This way your conscience is clear. And in the evening when you go to pray with a group or in private, you're praying, and if you haven't been really giving uh, the Christian worth ethic, it's going to interfere with your prayer. You're going to have to repent. I used to play a game years ago called Tetris. And I used to like to play Tetris. Most of you probably don't remember the game. You young people don't. But I would play it, and I got good at it, and I was good at it. I enjoyed it. I was good at it. But I would pray at night, and while I'm praying, I'm watching, I'm playing the game in my head. And the Lord told me, you can't pray in the Spirit when in your mind this game is taking your mind over. 
I didn't play that game ever again. I don't allow things to interfere with my concentration and my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. These cell phones, this new technology, it will get you. And what will get you is the demons behind it. There are spirits behind this technology that can catch you. And once it catches you, you're going to need to be delivered. You're either going to have to repent and ask God to help you, help you to overcome the craving and the desire to have this device control you, or you're going to have to go to somebody and ask them to pray over you. You think I'm fooling. I am not fooling. I see what is behind what's in the hand on the cell phone. I know what's behind it. It can be used for great good. But it can be used by Satan to control the mind of young people and old people. I'm playing Tetris in my head while I'm praying. And there were other games I used to, video games I used to play. Um, trying to even think of the name of it, I can't remember. I just decided one day, no, I'm not playing this. I cannot, will not allow anything to interfere with the sensitivity of my, of the spirit on my mind when I'm praying or doing things that are, uh, that I need to do, study. Paul saw, we're going to talk more about this. I'm just getting warmed up. It takes me a while to get the flow. But once I find where the Holy Spirit is going, then, then I can present what I feel God is wanting me to present to the audience. We're going to talk about what Paul saw in, this, in, the, in the heavens and these spirits and these principalities these powers because the Christian people in America do not understand what is in that visible world invisible world but once you see it once the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to that world then whenever something happens in your world like somebody gets sick you can begin to discern whether the sickness is because of personal sin on their part or God is maybe just allowing something to happen so that His grace may be perfected in that individual or the person may actually be under spiritual attack and doesn't realize it. And the sickness is actually a spiritual attack. It has nothing to do with the physical. But the attack is working itself out in the physical to give the individual cancer or some type of sickness or mental problems, but it's an attack. You, uh, let's see here, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, do your work with enthusiasm. So what you put your hand to, 
Do it with all your heart. Verse 8, Remember, knowing that the Lord will give you a reward to everyone slave or free for doing good. Verse 10, I'm just jumping. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His great mighty power. Put on the full full armor of God so that you can fight against the devil's evil tricks, schemes. I'm reading this out of the expanded Bible. I'm used to the King James, but I'm struggling to get through with this translation. Our fight, our conflict, our struggle is not against people on earth. It's not against flesh and blood. It is against the rulers, authorities, and powers, cosmic forces, cosmic rulers of the world's darkness, against the spiritual power of evil in heavenly in the heavenly world, in the heavenly realm and places. This is what Paul is saying. This was presented to the Ephesians, a city that was full of idolatry. Gods everywhere. Roman gods. And here he's telling the believers, our war isn't with flesh and blood. It's with Things invisible that have great authority, great power in the sky, overhead. Paul saw it clearly. He's trying to present it to the Ephesians. Eventually, he warns the Ephesians, I'm going to leave. I think he was there in Ephesus for three years. And he knew the power of these spirits, the deceptive deceptiveness and the power of deception. In this country, the spirits of deception in this country, I say, are greater than the spirits that deceive the Ephesians in Europe. These spirits in America, these invisible powers in the heavens, have accomplished perfectly what Paul said would take place in America in the time in which we live in the last decade and the last 40 years, 50 years, since the time of Jimmy Carter and forward, I'm sorry, of John F. Kennedy and forward, I use him specifically as a date. Jimmy Carter, I'm sorry, not Jimmy Carter. John Kennedy, he opened in his administration. The heavens were open to the young people of this country, the baby boom generation people. John F. Kennedy brought a spiritual blessing as a Catholic to this country, upon this country, the baby boom generation children. It was a period of 16 years that the heavens were open. It was during this time that the Jesus movement this plan that God intended 
the Lord reached thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of young baby boom generation children, male, female, and Jewish. And it was a time where the Holy Spirit, in a sense, to some degree, was unhindered, and people were receptive to a great degree to what people were saying about Jesus Christ. The door closed with John F. Kennedy's half-brother, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, in 1976, when he won the election, the door closed. And the this was the beginning of apostasy that, we under, that I understand, I can see presently. The great apostasy was allowed to begin its, its uh, momentum, its run, and it has run, and now we are in the great apostasy. We'll be back for hour two in a second. Hi, this is Craig James from Just Informed Talk Radio, and I'm here to tell you about my kind CBD products. I have been using these products myself, and I can tell you this is the highest quality CBD product I've ever used in my life. My kind CBD products are 100% THC free, locally sourced from Colorado hemp farmers, and they're organic. And if you want, you can give them a shot today by going to 1360KHNC.com slash shop. And when you do, make sure you try out everything from the sunscreen, to the lotion, to the salve, to the retinol cream, to the tinctures, to the cocoa, to the coffee, to the tea, everything in between. And make sure you try out the pet products as well. They have pet shampoo and pet tincture. You're not going to be disappointed. These products are white labeled and sold in high-end stores and boutique salons for two, three, and four times the price you're going to be paying at 1360KHNC.com slash shop straight from the manufacturer. So go there and buy your products today. And I know you're going to become a repeat customer just like me. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. Are you looking to sell your access construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. All of your electronic devices can be severely damaged by lightning bolts and power surges. Even worse, an EMP attack can destroy everything, leaving our technology-dependent society with no technology. But don't let that be you. Go to EMPShield.com and put KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield is an electromagnetic pulse, solar flare, and lightning protection system made to protect you and your electronics. Again, go to EMPShield.com and type KHNC in the promo code box. EMPShield.com. 
This is Tammy with Naturally Inspired Health Network. We created a group with real solutions for healthy living. Providers with products and services we trust. Need pain relief? Christy Sullivan, Vitality for Life. Want acupuncture? Debbie Ireland, Touch of the East. Looking for a medical doctor? Dr. Sharon Montez, Living Well Health Group. Solutions for health insurance? Wendy Scipioni, MPB Health. NaturallyInspiredHealthNetwork.com. Connecting people with real solutions for health. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7 to 8-foot tall flowering tree for only $269.50 and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only $270. You Come take I-25 to exit 235, then 5 miles west to the Tree Farm. Bleed stop. Clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound. Apply direct pressure and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds. Bleed stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find bleed stop by clicking on the bleed stop button on the 1360 KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular bleed stop website prices. Get yours today. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. Welcome to the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Podcasts for the programs are on 1360khnc.com, to the Olive Tree site, to the Present True site for the programs uh, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Also, my contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. In the first hour, I'm just beginning to present simply the Apostle Paul clearly identified the powers in the heavens in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. He stated also in that context of verses that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against invisible powers. He wanted the believers in Ephesus, a city that was steeped in occult, steeped in witchcraft, in idolatry. These demons, they like to present themselves through idols. And he told the believers, I'm going to leave. And when I leave, these spirits are so powerful. People that make believe Christians 
who have authority and power through the demons are going to sneak into the assemblies and begin to deceive the Christian people. They are not believers. They are in the occult. They serve Satan. They are very powerful in the occult. They are very persuasive. They are intelligent. They are convincing. They are charismatic. And they are going to come into your assemblies and you are going to believe they are Christians. You are going to believe that they are furthering the kingdom of heaven. And their whole purpose will be to deceive you and further the kingdom of darkness. They will take you and introduce doctrines to you to take you away from the teachings of Christ and to take you away from my teachings. Paul was saying, I'm training you, I'm telling you, I'm begging you, I'm with tears warning you what is coming. But he knew they didn't understand it. He knew they didn't grasp what he was telling them. And it was with tears that he tried to warn them. But he knew that these people, these deceivers were too powerful. They were empowered by these invisible angelic forces in the heavens. So he introduced to the Ephesians these matter of these principalities, powers, these spiritual forces in the air. But he made it clear, and this is where I forget many times too, in different battles and conflicts that I'm in, it's not against people, it's not against flesh and blood. It is against spirits. Paul understood that world. We believers don't understand that world. In, um, in this country, there was a move, an apostolic move, called the New Apostolic Reform Movement. See Peter Wagner out of Southern Colorado. He was very influential in, with many ministries in this country that are part of a new apostolic reform movement. In other words, the Christians are going to take over the world. We're going to take over governments, state governments, region governments, city governments. Go to Redding, California, Bill Johnson. They've caused the Christians there have caused much animosity in that city. We believers, the body of Christ, we represent a kingdom that is eternal. It's not a temporal kingdom. A kingdom that is eternal. It is a kingdom that is invisible on one hand, but it is evident that it is a kingdom with power through the believers that present Christ in who He is in reality to people around them and the power that Christ has given His people to perform miracles. But what has happened is there is a group and the 
apostasy that would take place would be Christians who have an agenda to take over nations, governments, city governments. This is the deception. This is called the great apostasy. The, the Pentecostal movement in general, not all the Pentecostals even understand what the new apostolic reform movement is. It is a, that one of the, I guess you could say part of the philosophy is that there are apostles and prophets and these apostles and prophets, God has given these assemblies, this group in this movement, authority over all of the Christian people. It is a, it's like Paul, like a Jeremiah talking about likening God's people to, to uh, cattle in pastures and you have the bigger bulls who basically push against one another and who trample the feeding area where the other bulls graze from. So, in other words, these cattle, these bulls that push against each other, they're vying for position. They're pushing to be... They're, they're trying to elevate. They're trying to take positions. And I want to talk about what happened in Southern California, Colorado, Southern Colorado back in the 1991 all the way to about the turn of the century. I could explain it better by presenting what happened there. I'm going to, but I'm going to read just briefly out of uh, Matthew chapter um, 20 to give you the best example I can give you from the scripture. Jesus, verse 17, Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the twelve disciples apart in a way and said to them, in the way and said to them, Behold, we go to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priest, unto the scribes. They shall condemn him to death. They will deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, to scourge, and to crucify him. And on the third day he shall rise again. Then the mother of Zebedee's children came to him with both of her boys, worshiping him, desiring a certain thing of him. And she said to him, or he asked her, What do you want? What would you like? How can I help you? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit on your throne, one on your right hand, the other on your left hand in the kingdom. This is exactly what's happening in principle right now in the churches in America in the Pentecostal movement. The new apostolic reform movement is taking over the churches planning and has been 
working to put these members in this movement in political positions throughout the country to change the direction, to make this country, in a sense, a theocracy. This is going to end in martyrdom of the Christian people. Of those people, they're going to be martyred. I'm telling you. They are bringing a great hardship to the believers in this country. It's part of the apostasy. Christ said it would happen. And it is happening. We are in the last decade. So Zebedee's mother, Lord, I want one son to sit on the right hand, the other son to sit on the left hand. And the Lord tells her, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And they said, Yes, Lord. Yeah, we can drink it. We can. We're able. Then he said to them, Okay, you will drink indeed of my cup, of my suffering, and you're going to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. So you're, you are going to suffer. I'm going to be baptized, and out of it, I will be raised from the dead. You're going to also be baptized with my sufferings. But for you to ask me to allow you or to position you to sit one on the right hand, the other on the left hand of my throne. No, that's not in my hand. That's not up to me. It's going to be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. Whom it is prepared of my Father. I say... I'm speaking to this doctrine of demons that these people have picked up. They've not learned the principle that Christ set in this, doc this one verse. Verse 23. Were these positions that they are taking... Were they prepared? These positions prepared for them by God the Father? Or are these positions they have taken through the flesh and through the soul? I say they positioned themselves according to their own lusts, flesh, desires for power. They're gifted. They're charismatic. They're intelligent. Some have gone to be trained in these schools where they can, they're eloquent. They are, they know how to stand before a camera. I know an individual like this. I graduated with him. I went to school with him. I didn't graduate with him. He graduated a few years before me in Longmont, Colorado. But he was trained to be proper. No. 
The training comes through the anointing, through the Holy Spirit teaching you the anointing and training you in the giftings that God has given you for His plan for you in your micro or macro world where He will place you. Now, I will give you an example. James Dobson in 1991 knew that the tax codes in California and other reasons why he made the decision to move, focus on the family out of California to Colorado Springs, Colorado. He moved. Prophetic people that are gifted prophetically by God. When James Dobson moved out of California to Colorado, these prophetic people, they knew that there was something was happening. And they followed him to Colorado Springs. You had the IHOP, the International House of, Pan of, of Pancakes, Interna International House of Prayer. You had C. Peter Wagner, the Kansas City Prophets. You had other very powerful, well, other prophetic people. Yes, God's callings and gifts, according to those callings, are without repentance. Even though they may use their prophetic abilities and their giftings for, for their, themselves, for their own purposes, not to further the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter. God gave them these giftings and He doesn't repent for it. He won't repent for it. God chose Israel to be His people in spite of how they would fall and leave God and return and leave and return and leave and return. It didn't matter. He called them to be His people. They are His people. They will always be His people. No one can change that. You, the, the world is not going to uh, murder them all, kill them all, disappear them all. No. God will protect them. They have a place in the millennial kingdom. They must exist. The callings, giftings and callings of God are without repentance. God will not repent for it. The giftings that you have been given, God has given them to you. How do you use them? That's the, the how you use them. That's what is important. These people in this new apostolic reform movement, very gifted. I, had, I will tell you, they are so gifted with everything, music, whatever. But what are they building? Are they using those abilities, spiritual talents for the kingdom of heaven in reality in, in, uh, without malice? Without guile? No. They are like cattle pushing in a pen to be the top of the hill, to be the the cow that 
elevates himself to the top of the dung pile. In southern Colorado, these type of people, they end up in southern Colorado. And I didn't pay attention to it. Being in Colorado, I heard about it. I, From a distance, I watched it. I didn't know that the Holy Spirit was arranging things so that I could be in positions to hear certain things. I didn't know that. But I'd hear about this person. I'd hear about Dobson. I'd hear about all these people. I'd hear about what's going on. I didn't pay attention to it. But I, I knew being prophetic, having giftings prophetically, and the gifts of knowledge and wisdom, words of knowledge, these type of giftings. I used to operate in these abilities, but I didn't actually have a term for what I'm doing. But I watched. And then... I, my wife and I, we were involved with a Pentecostal assembly that actually helped train Christian people to become more um, using their abilities in a in a more uh, powerful way. With power, you have to have you have to have balances with power you your heart has to be right your motives have to be right if you have these giftings uh, it's the what you're going to do with them and for what reason for what purpose if it's going to be so that you can make your name great well then you're you're destined to Get yourself in trouble. So in southern Colorado, I hear about this. I watch it from a distance. And um, I just told a story yesterday to a group of friends. I rehearse this. I don't like to rehearse things over and over because I feel I'm too redundant. But again, I know there's new audience coming in. In uh, right after the turn of the century, I try, I'm trying to remember the exact year. It might have been late 99, early 2001, 2002. I was in Fort Collins at All Nations Church with Pastor Mel Johnson. And we were friends. We got to become friends, and he was preparing. He had Brother Mel's barbecue. We were preparing for the weekend, just doing what he does: baked potatoes, or I mean, uh, uh, boiling potatoes to make potato salad, baked beans. I was with him, and I told him. And at the same time, I'd been. I better back up a second. I didn't understand the Pentecostal world. I didn't understand the charismatic world. In 1988, in that time period, the Holy Spirit told me to start investigating 
the charismatic movement. And I, the only, I didn't really understand what this meant. I would start to visit Resurrection Fellowship in Loveland, John Stalker. I began to listen to what he had to say, what God had called him to do to be the largest charismatic teaching center in northern Colorado. I thought that was very interesting. I knew it was God. So I would, the next decade into the 90s, I would occasionally go up. I didn't become a member of the fellowship, but I would go to investigate. And I got an understanding to some degree what it was. Well, that helped me understand what was happening in southern Colorado. But it also gave me an understanding of what was happening here in northern Colorado. At the same time, I'm watching what's happening in southern Colorado, and then I meet Brother Mel. We're visiting. He's preparing these uh, baked beans and potato salad. And out of nowhere, I told him, I said, Brother Mel, the Holy Spirit is just, I don't know, I just had a thought. But I decided to just convey it to him. And I said, John Stalker is going to step down as pastor of New Creation Fellowship. I didn't say when. I said, he's going to step down. The Lord told me he is going to step down. He's just going to retire. And so he just listened. He said, okay, brother. I said, also... In southern Colorado, this move of the Holy Spirit that is taking place down there with Dobson, these people, James Dobson is going to step down as the head of Focus on the Family. He's just going to step down. I didn't say the Focus was going to end, just that he would step down as leader of Focus on the Family. And then I said, the prophetic move or this, whatever move this is down in southern Colorado, it is over. It's going to end. It's done. The Holy Spirit has lifted the spirit off of it. He is not happy. He is displeased with many different things. So it's going to lift. God is moving. His blessing is no longer on it. So that move in southern Colorado is finished. And I told him this. And he said, okay. Now, I have to stop. We're going to the top of the hour break. We'll resume on the other side when we return. Rick Rodriguez will be right back. Hi, folks. I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farmland, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. 
Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. Okay, I said we were going to the top of the hour break. It was just the bottom of the hour, bottom of the inning. The programs are streamed on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree Ministry site. Also, my contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 875, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. Okay, um... I'm going to continue with the story about Southern Colorado. I was with Brother Mel Johnson. I told him that the move, in, the move of the Holy Spirit or what God was doing in Colorado Springs, that is going to be over. It's going to end. And this was in, I think it was 2002 or three. I, I can ask him. He actually documented it all the through the years as I've had prophetic things happen and the Lord would reveal something to me I would go up and visit with him and he would document these things I should go and ask him to give me the the date when we when I gave him this this prophecy about what was happening in Southern Colorado it would be a couple of years later I sat and I let that cook I didn't understand exactly what happened, what was going to transpire, how things were going to happen. I didn't. That's all the Holy Spirit told me. Stalker would step down as pastor of resurrection. Would resurrection go in the proper way? I didn't believe it would. I believe that it would uh, it would be um, I don't know how to phrase it. Uh, it would not continue. There would not be the, I guess you could say, blessing upon it. It is now New Apostolic Reform. They, Jonathan, I had talked to him the day that he stood up and said that he was considering doing working with a bunch of other pastors in the front range and elsewhere and I told him about the prophecy of John Stalker and uh, I waited till after that meeting to tell him about a prophecy that someone had given John Stalker which he'd never heard of and I told him I was that individual 
and he replaced John Stalker. And then the next week, I went, and he had made the decision to go with a new direction with the ministries, and I believe it's new apostolic reform. I find out later that John Stalker was actually already, in a sense, I think, along the spirit in line with new apostolic reform movement to some degree. Not sure that he understood what that was. Then in about 19, I'm sorry, in 20, I, my ministry, I moved to Las Vegas and I started a radio church program or a present truth program in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'd been there about a year. 2005 is when I started. I think it was about 2006 on one of the programs as I'm just talking about the move in southern Colorado, kind of mentioning what I just mentioned to you. In that instant, as I'm talking, I have it documented. All of a sudden, the Lord gave me an example, a couple of examples. He said, when James Dobson moved to Colorado, the prophetic movement, these people are gifted. They knew that I was going to do something in southern Colorado and Colorado Springs. They always like to be where my spirit, where I'm going to do something. Here comes all these prophetic ministries. The, what they call Kansas City prophets out of the Midwest. I don't remember where, where they're located, where they're centered. But others. Ted Haggard. Um, C. Peter Wagner. The, just the whole group of people that came into that area. And on the air I said, these people that are prophetic are like people, the cowboys, on the rodeo circuit, the calf roping circuit. And in the calf roping, when, when the, in this event, you have one cow, one horse, one rider, one rope, and it's a timed event. The cow comes out of the chute, and the clock begins. And 8, 10 seconds, 14 seconds later, the cow has been roped, dragged to the ground, legs are tied, and then the next cowboy, and etc. But the Lord said, my prophetic people, they are very competitive. They are bulls pushing at each other, trying to take position, trying to be the top prophet or the top prophetess, or there are these type of people. That's what they are, that's what they do. He said, so what the prophetic people do, you have four horses, four ropes, four men in the arena, one calf behind the chute. And the calf comes out, 
and before that calf can even get a full run, the ropes are in the air, around the neck, these guys are off the horse, down to the calf, and they're all throwing the rope around the legs. They all jump back. Then the competition begins. The jousting begins. I was first. No, I was first. No, my rope's on the bottom. That's the prophetic movement. That's what was happening in spirit in southern Colorado. The competition. See, in America, we as a culture are very competitive. And that negative spirit has entered into the body of Christ. And the pastors and the shepherds and the spiritual leaders, if they don't have the restraint of the Holy Spirit on their lives, they are very competitive. They want to be the 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 most listened to. But the thing is this. God has prepared positions for these spiritual leaders in this country. And these people, there's a group of them. It has been prepared that they be the spiritual leaders. But then you have the others who never take the principle of God's positioning because they always self-position. Remember what Christ said also. Don't try to take the upper seat in the upper rooms because if you weren't positioned by God, then God is going to bring someone in, remove you, and the shame is going to come. There is a great battle taking place in the United States of America in the evangelical, Pentecostal, charismatic, messianic churches. All of them. Nobody, nobody, I, can, I have to bring all of the born-again evangelical groups into the mix. No one is innocent. There is competitiveness not just in the Pentecostal churches, in evangelical churches in a sense. The fundamental Bible teaching churches. Then, these people, the Lord gave me a second, right in that that uh, after that example, the Lord gave me the other example. The prophets can be likened to prospectors, prospecting for gold. Prophetic people are like these people that pro like prospect prospectors. They listen. They're always looking for the move of the Holy Spirit. Always, always looking. You hear about a great move of God in Toronto, Canada. Or Pensacola, Florida. Or Redding, California. Or wherever. These people 
instinctively, intuitively, they hear of the Holy Spirit doing something, and like gold panners, boom, they leave and they descend upon a location. Like the gold rush in California. And you have, you go from a group of 10 or 20, you have a whole hundreds and hundreds of people on that same stream panning for gold. Fighting, shooting each other, robbing each other, stealing, stealing, robbing. And they muddy the waters. The waters are so murky that you, you're trying to pan for fine gold, you can't even see it. That's what prophetic people do. They muddy whatever the Holy Spirit is doing, they muddy it. Let me jump back to the example of the calf roping event. Who are the people on the horses? These are the prophetic people that don't know they, they don't play by the rules. What rules? The rules that God sets in place. There's order. In the prophetic move in southern Colorado, there was no order. There was chaos. There was competition. Prophets stealing words from one another. Prophets vying for position, bumping, causing conflict. And the, the assemblies, the people, what are they doing? What's happening in the assemblies? The assemblies, these people that are there, they're looking at the conduct of these individuals in these positions of authority. And what happens? They are, these men are creating and setting a pattern for those people in the assemblies, oh, it's okay to be competitive. It's okay to for neglect the rules and the laws of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to wait for the Lord to position us. We will, pre, we will, we will position ourselves as we please. There's no order. We set the order. We decide what's best. We we are gifted because I'm gifted. I have authority. I'm more gifted than anybody else, so that means I should have greater authority. That's not the way the Lord does it. That's not the way it's done in the kingdom of heaven, in God's churches. No. God chooses who has the spiritual life in every situation, in every assembly, who has the spiritual life? Who has the anointing? Of all those people, they're all fighting against one another because they're gifted. They have giftings and they're, they're, uh, the way they measured things was according to their giftings. It wasn't according to the anointing their sensitivity to the anointing. They knew what God was saying. They knew they could cast demons out, whatever. So in that 
world, these prophets, they had no anointing. They didn't see that God was ending their little time of being in the spotlight, so to speak. Many of these people that came to southern Colorado, to Colorado Springs, weren't called by God. They came because they felt they wanted to be part of whatever God was going to do. It cost them their marriages. It cost them their ministries. It cost them their families. Some of them are dead. It destroyed them. And then I talked to... I gave this testimony to some people in Colorado Springs, to a small group of people. And there was an older brother. I didn't First time I ever met him that day. And he said, this is exactly what happened. Because he, he was part of it. He was involved in it. The Lord told me that Dobson was there for money. It was about money. It wasn't about ministry. And this brother had been with Dobson for years. And one day the Lord told him to leave because he realized focus at that time, I don't know if it is still today, but at that time, it was because of money. And the Lord told him, leave. And he left. Now, with the using the example of the prospectors in the prospecting for gold. Whenever there is a work of the Holy Spirit and there, God is doing, He's not doing one thing, He's doing many, many things. So He is. Whenever there is something happening. The principle with God's children, like if you hear, let's say that there is a move of God in North Platte, Nebraska. There's healing. People that are blind are seeing. It's just real, true miracles taking place. And you think, I want to be there, and you just up and go, and you're there. You're like the prospectors who are just coming to muddy the waters. The best thing, my counsel, is according to the scripture. But I'm giving you this counsel for those that are listening. You have to ask God. You have to ask the Lord. Lord, I have, there are many devices in the, the man's heart. Many devices. But the counsel of the Lord, that will stand. Lord Jesus, what is your counsel? What is your counsel? Am I to be part of that? Make it clear to me. If not, I'm not moving. This has to be a principle with everything that we do. You're going to buy a car? Pray and ask the Lord, Lord, is this your counsel? Or is it just my desire? You're going to move from one area to another. Lord, is it your counsel that I move? There was a time when my wife and I, we'd been, we were living in Longmont, Colorado. And we 
had an opportunity to move to a nicer, nicer uh, location and an, a nicer home. And we'd been thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And I thought, well, so we finally talked to the people that were that were that owned the home. They really wanted us to move in. And one night, and the, where we lived was great, a great location, great neighbors. It was just perfect. And one night, I it was a Friday night. I it was time to go to bed, and I, I got in bed, and I'm just laying there. And I'm thinking, well, Lord, I like this place. I like that other place. But what is your counsel? And I've been, we'd been praying. Didn't know what to do. Maybe, maybe not. We didn't want to make a decision that wasn't of the Lord. But I'm laying in bed, and I said, well, Lord, you know what? I like this place right here. I like Mrs. the neighbor next door to the north and the family to the south and the people that lived across the alley to the west and the people that lived across the street to the east. I said, Lord, I like this place. It's, I feel safe here. And the Lord spoke something to me. He said, but that may change. And I, I mean, I heard it clear as clear as a tire blowing out. You have a tire that blows. And he said, I said, I just, I, it shook me. He said, but that may change. And with that word, I knew something's going to happen in that neighborhood. I better get out of there. Sure enough, the lady next door died. The died across the alley. The lady next door to the north died. The gentleman that I family across the alley to the west, he died. And I don't know what happened, but the Lord spoke that word to me. His counsel will stand. And we moved. I don't know what happened, but I didn't feel safe there anymore. So in Las Vegas, I'm giving these examples to the audience, and the Lord is speaking to me. And He told me, I could no longer work with the people in southern Colorado because it was about money. It was about these people were very competitive. They didn't want my counsel. They didn't, they made up their own rules. They played by their own, um, they didn't, they didn't take my principles. They wanted to save, self elevate, self promote. They wanted to be, take the positions of authority and power. But this, these positions, they didn't want the position that, was, that I had prepared for them. It wasn't about spiritual growth. It was about gifting. And that's not the principle in the Bible. The principle in the Bible is those that are prepared to be put in these positions must be spiritually mature. It's about spiritual maturity. Maturity in life, in the growth that an individual, that an individual 
receives through being faithful daily to the Holy Spirit. And you grow, and you grow, and you grow. James, the Lord's half-brother, he isn't mentioned in the giftings, doesn't mention the, the, the giftings and what he was, how do I phrase it? The disciples, the twelve disciples were with the Lord. I don't think James was one of them. James and John, yes. But James was the older brother. He was the Christ, Christ's oldest half-brother. The next in line. James eventually is with the apostles. And he's the one they go to. Even Peter and these men, they go to him when there were questions that needed to be answered because he had the life. He didn't doesn't talk about him exercising his abilities in giftings, but in life, in the knowledge spiritually and the growth spiritually in the process of life that we are to experience as we have our relationship with the Lord, we grow in life. You, I know people that have been very, very gifted, but they had no growth in life. Now, we are at the top of the second hour. I'm going to continue when we come back. I don't know why we're going this direction, but it's necessary. So, Rick Rodriguez, we'll be back. Are you prepared for a power outage? Never be left in the dark again. Wagner Electric has proudly partnered with Generac to provide long-lasting generators for your home. We have standalone and portable generators in stock now. So give us a call for a free estimate at 970-800-3693. If you are constructing or upgrading your home, trust our expert electricians to take care of your home the first time. We offer services for anything from wiring an unfinished basement to wiring a newly built pole barn. Your electrical system is the heartbeat of your home. So don't risk it and give us a call today to get started at 970-800-3693 or visit us at wagnerelectricco.com. We are located off Highway 85 in Greeley at 1517 2nd Avenue. Wagner Electric sets the standard. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. The Blue Dragon Spa is a man-friendly spa, with women bringing their husbands and significant others in for pedicures all the time. Men's feet hurt, too. Don't forget. Blue Dragon Spa, 1811 Hover Street, Suites A and B, Longmont, Colorado, 720-680-0492. 720-680-0492. 
Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. The Tree Farm's 50 cent tree sale is going on now. Choose from thousands of carry-out sized trees that are easy to handle and easy to plant. While supplies last, buy the first tree at regular price and mix or match a second tree for only 50 cents. Thousands of shade trees, flowering trees, fruit trees, evergreen trees, ornamental trees, and more. Also, huge savings on shrubs and perennials. You Come take I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the Tree Farm. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach urban survival training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Alrighty, we are back for the third hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, and as I continue into this hour, I am deviating a little from my original objective objective was the Apostle Paul told the Ephesians we're not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, spiritual forces, rulers of the darkness 
And Paul, in his training, had read Psalm 82. And this explains the fallen angels and the spirits, the angels that God had created in the rebellion. And he's having a, he's in a, he's called them to come to meet with God. And he was basically visiting with all the fallen angels and holy angels. This is in Psalm chapter 82. The reason I felt to talk about the move or the prophetic move in southern Colorado is because these spirits were involved in that catastrophe. When you, when Christian men take positions of authority not ordained by God for them, when they have been called maybe to be spiritual leaders, but they leave the position where God has called them to be, then the deception they're they're ripe or they're ready or they're they place themselves in a position to be deceived. This is what happened in southern Colorado. You'll have to go back to the previous hour. I explain it. I'm attempting to explain it to the best of my ability. It's very deep. It's very intricate. The spiritual principles that I witnessed. When Christians assume they have great authority because of their giftings, they have been deceived. The authority with God's people comes through growth in life, spiritual growth, a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and then sensing what the Holy Spirit wants, they stay in step with God's directions. This has been the problem since the mid-70s in America. Men were gifted to do certain things, which they did, but they didn't know that they were going to lay the groundwork spiritually for apostasy. And this is what's happened. Because they deviate from the teachings of Jesus Christ in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. They build on a foundation that can be shaken. The new apostolic reform movement, which is an old movement, it's going back to the simply back into the 50s. Richard Branham, all of the Pentecostal leaders back in the 30s, 40s, they were already deviating from the teachings 
in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. One of the the instructions to the apostles by Christ, the main objective of the apostles that were with Jesus Christ was to further His teachings. Yes, they would cast out the demons. They would heal the sick. But mainly, their their purpose was to direct God's children in the teachings of Jesus Christ of Nazareth on Matthew in Matthew 5 6 and 7 the Pentecostal movement and oh they will scream and shout they hate to be challenged doctrinally they do not like if you start to talk to them about where they err doctrinally, they'll get red in the face and they'll throw you out the door. That is what they think. In a, The spirit in that, not all of the Pentecostal churches, but in the, the bulk of the Pentecostal movements, they do not want sound doctrine. They don't want to be They don't want to be. Uh, uh, they don't want their their conduct to be challenged. They don't want to be challenged on what they believe. So you have these people have built a kingdom within a kingdom, and that they have built on sand. The teachings of man, the teachings of these assemblies. They built on sand. It's not going to stand the wind, the rain, and the flood that's coming. It won't. There are people spiritually picked by Christ, prepared to be put in positions prepared for them to lead God's children spiritually in growth to maturity. The Pentecostal movement, I, I don't like to pick on them, but I, I know many, many Pentecostal pastors. Some are absolutely top, top in every way. They may be doctrinally off a little bit in certain matters, but not to the point of shipwrecking the lives of the people in their assemblies. Maturity, people, the, the Pentecostal leaders equate maturity with gifting. Because they're gifted to cast demons out, speak words of knowledge, words of wisdom. That equates to spirituality, to growth in life, to growth as a Christian in maturity. It does not, it does not have anything to do with spiritual growth. It just means they have 
giftings. It doesn't talk about John. I'm James, who wrote the book of James. It doesn't talk about him ever healing one person. But in his book, doctrinally speaking, the book of James is a very powerful book. He talks about you. He said, you want to talk about religion and faith? I'll show you my faith. It had nothing to do with giftings, with the giftings of the Holy Spirit. It had everything to do with the gift of life with the growth and maturity that comes through spending time with Christ and growing spiritually. He talks about a royal priesthood. We are royal priests. That has nothing to do with gifting, with the giftings of the Holy Spirit. It has everything to do with the growth of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. The royal priesthood. Having as priests, we bring God to God's children, and we bring God's children through prayer before God. We're a royal priesthood. And it doesn't mention anything about giftings. Nothing. So John James, you cannot go to the book of James and hear and see anything about giftings of the Holy Spirit. But now you one thing you will see is like the Lord said in chapter twenty of Matthew verse twenty three. He was given a position, James was given a position in the work of God, a work that had been prepared for him. He had been trained, prepared, ordained by God to be a spiritually mature believer that when there were doctrinal questions that needed to be answered concerning circumcision or other things that pertain to Jewish tradition, these men went to James and had nothing to do with the giftings of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that the giftings of the Holy Spirit are not needed. I'm not saying that. They are vital for the time that we live in because there's sickness, quite a bit of sickness there are Christian people that are spiritually in need of deliverance from spiritual matters. Christian people that are handicapped spiritually and psychologically. They are psychologically in the mind and the emotion and the will. They have psychological problems. They need to be delivered. And so the giftings of the Holy Spirit are necessary. 
there has to be a balance between the giftings and spiritual life, growth of life, maturity in the spirit. That is vital for a Christian to be spiritually mature. But at the same time, with the spiritually mature Christians, there's going to be sickness. This is where the giftings come in. Spiritually, spiritually mature people can have demonic activity that affects them in a negative way. This is where the giftings come in so that they can be prayed for and be freed from spiritual attack. The move in southern Colorado by studying I realized I understand spiritual maturity, the growth in life, the deep things of the Christian walk because I was raised initially in my early years of being churched in a fellowship and that was the center, the focus, the main principle with all of us in these assemblies, growing in Christ. Growing the salvation of the soul, growing, discerning what is the spirit, what is the flesh, what is the soul. The flesh and the soul are always at war in a sense with the spirit, especially the flesh. To be able to abide in Christ, this is life. We are to abide in Christ. And the purpose of the, the uh, anointing that we have through the Holy Spirit, the anointing is so that we can at all times live in the joy and the peace and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It is possible. It is very easy. But our minds make it complicated. Practice praying over everything during your day and watch your Christian life change. You get up in the morning, just let the Lord lead you. Lord, I give you this day. I put this day in your hands. Protect me in this day. Protect my family. Protect people that I love. And then go about your day. And just if you have a sense, if you remember somebody, maybe the Lord is saying just a quick prayer for them. Lord, protect this person in the day too. Just praying for everything. Whoever comes to mind, just a quick, simple prayer. It doesn't have to be five, ten minutes. It can be ten seconds. Lord, I give you this individual. They need peace in this day. Give them peace. And that's it. Pray for yourself. You don't feel good. 
Lord, I pray for whatever. And I pray you help me with the... I don't know, I can't even think of an example. Just pray. There is a war taking place in the evangelical churches. And the war is Christian against Christian. It's evident. It will become more evident. Many Pentecostals don't know they are caught in a doctrine deceived by a spirit, a doctrine of demons. They are part of a, an, or a, a movement to take over the world. The new apostolic reform movement. A movement where many individuals in this movement are declaring themselves apostles. They are declaring themselves prophets. Well, they need to be careful because they're going to be exposed. You cannot... I can say that I am a jet pilot. I'll be exposed. All somebody has to do is say, okay, we've got a jet for you to fly. Let's go hop in the cockpit and let's see, take, get this thing off the ground. This is very deceptive. And what they are doing is they are muddying the waters, contaminating the move of the coming, move of the Holy Spirit, which is taking place. It's what these reckless individuals do. They, in the example I gave in the last hour of rodeo, uh, the rodeo event where they calf roping, who is the calf? In Colorado Springs, the calf was the Holy Spirit. And in this arena, you have four horses, four ropes, four people, four men, cowboys, men, men, and women. The calf comes out, and before that calf gets 10 feet out into that arena, it is tied. It is tied up. And then they don't stand back. They're right there at the gate. The gate opens, and the ropes are on the way. What do they do? Who's the calf? The calf is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, in everything He does, He wants to run free. But these people tie up the move of the Holy Spirit and they kill it. This is where the prophets, these people, they don't realize they are actually interfering with the move of the Holy Spirit. They think they are assisting God by getting involved. And they're not assisting. They are hindering the sins of the prophets, the sins of the prophets. The sin is that they say they know the anointing, but they're not listening to the anointing. They're not flowing with the anointing. They are using their giftings. They equate giftings to maturity. 
This is the deception. The giftings have nothing to do with spiritual growth. They're a, an ability that God gives. Spiritual growth comes through reading the scripture, praying, learning, always in, always in training to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to the anointing, to the unction. First epistle of John talks about the unction, the anointing. The anointing keeps you abiding in Christ spiritually. The unction leads you to truth. You have a funny sense about something? I remember listening to all these different stories about the prophetic movement in southern Colorado. And I just had this sense, the unction, just some sense that, ah, uh, there's something not right with this move in southern Colorado. And then after I gave the prophecy to John, to uh, Mel Johnson about God pulling his spirit off of that move, I had a little more clarity. Ezekiel chapter 8. God was lifting off the temple because there was corruption. I'm just not... I should study this move in southern Colorado a little more. I have a sense that there was a lot of occult activity taking place there also. I just haven't had time to investigate it more than I have. I really would like to visit with people that have been that had been in Colorado Springs from 91 to about 2001. It was 2001 right in that area where about a decade the Lord was already like Ezekiel chapter 8. He was leaving that temple. He was leaving that work because he was offended. Now, I will tell you also that at a later date, I think about a year later, after I was presenting what I've told you today to the audience in Las Vegas, Nevada, I think it was about a year later, maybe I have to go back to my records. The Holy Spirit told me at that time in Las Vegas, Nevada, that the move that had been in southern Colorado had lifted. It was no longer, the Spirit was no longer involved. It was going to disintegrate, which it has. And then he said, but it's going to relocate. I am going to relocate that plan to northern Colorado. Well, we're, we are going to go to a short break. And um, when I return, 
will continue. But for those that are leaving, God bless you. God bless you. Podcasts are at 1360khnc.com for podcasts. So we'll be right back. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation, which simply means they hope to devalue your money, and they want to do this every single year, year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money. So I'm going to go ahead and continue. Boy, I really didn't feel to go this direction. Well, I didn't know I would go this direction, but again, for whatever purpose, God knows. The move in southern Colorado ends. The Lord is very unhappy. The spirit is lifted. And the Lord, I think this was in 2007, I think in the spring, then the Lord reveals to me that the move will relocate a new plan that the Lord had for this area, for Colorado. It would relocate to northern Colorado. And I stated that on the program in Las Vegas. I don't know what that means. I'm thinking northern Colorado, okay. And I'm trying to remember the sequence. And I said, I said, it'll relocate. And what will happen, the enemy, there will be, Satan will, will already begin to destroy it. And what will happen is, there will be a prophetic move prophets or people that are self-proclaimed prophets who have prophetic ability are going to move to northern Colorado and Satan always uses religion to destroy things many churches are going to spring up I thought okay and then eventually there'll be resistance from the uh, society. So I thought, okay, 
All right. Naturally. But he said, I'm going to hide it. I'm not going to do anything open. Because the prophetic people will hear about it. And just like the gold, when there's a gold rush, the prophets will come running. The rodeo circuit, the calf roping event, prophets will come. And they're going to try to rope. What I want to do, they're going to try to tie it up, hinder it, stop it, interfere with it. The gold pipe hanners are going to muddy the waters, try to contaminate it so that it's not clear, it's not, there's no definition. So I have to hide it. And that was in 2007. I believe it was 2007, in the spring. So I understood. Now, what does this mean, a move of God? Well, what it used to mean is like with the Toronto crowd in Toronto, Canada, John Arnott, where there was a brother in, he came to Denver, Colorado in 1998 to meet with pastors in Denver, Colorado. He is part of the New Apostolic Reform Movement. It was already alive at that time. It's part of the great apostasy. Arnott was asked the question, was everything that took place in Toronto, Canada, for those that understand what I'm talking about, the supposed move of God in Toronto, was that, they asked the question, did everything that happened in these meetings, was it of God? People crawling on the floor, walking like a dog, howling, screaming. And Arnott said no. There was some Holy Spirit, but there was also some demonic. Then we jumped to Pensacola, Florida. Was everything that took place in Pensacola the Holy Spirit? No. Also the same, demonic. With every move, Satan will have his servants infiltrate. Paul, in Ephesians, or yeah, in, in Acts, talked about his time in Ephesus. He said that when I leave, there will be these fake Christians who are actually devil worshippers that serve Satan. They'll come in and they will disrupt, contaminate what God is doing. Now, are, are these people I'm discussing, are they devil worshipers? There may have been a few. I know of some in California. In southern Colorado, I don't really know these people. So for, at this point, I just have to say, not that I know of. I believe that most were true Christians, but they were deceived. They were ambitious. They were vying for position. They were operating in their giftings, not in life, not in spiritual growth. Another thing that I almost forgot to mention 
is that they, well, let me say this. Just because they have degrees, they've gone to seminaries or Bible schools, that does not mean they have been ordained by God to take positions of spiritual authority in the churches with God's children. has nothing to do with natural ability. Peter, John, the initial apostles, they didn't have any natural pardon me, natural natural background, teachings, things of that nature. They were just fishermen. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your education. It has to do with the way in which the Lord works with individuals to teach them the anointing and then he will teach them, instruct them and he will place them where he wants them. With the churches that sprung up here in northern Colorado are these churches, I mean there's hundreds and hundreds of them. A new addition of 1200 homes goes in, boom, there's a church. Another edition of 1,200 homes, boom, there's another church. It's a business. It's business. The Christian churches, it's a business. I have a friend that was part of the John Wimber fellowships. They had a manual, a manual, on how to set up a church and be successful with the vineyard movement. Once you had John Wimber's blessing, I have two good friends that were blessed by John Wimber and started these ministries down in Denver. Started a vineyard movement. Then another friend had the blessing of John Wimber, started a vineyard movement. Very successful. And there were procedures that you follow and you would be successful. You did need to have some ability in maybe organization, things, of, things along that line. Business. Are all these churches in northern Colorado of God? I say no. I don't care if they're the First Baptist, Second Baptist, Third Street, whatever you may want to call them. Are they of God? All of them? No. 
The Holy Spirit told me religion to be the enemy of God's new plan for northern Colorado. Religion meaning churches. Young people, young men that are gifted and you have a they have the way to put up a building and draw crowds. No, not all of these churches or assemblies in northern Colorado are ordained by God. There are a few, but for the most part, these people that have started these new assemblies are not ordained by God. They just have talent. They believe that they were called by God to start something. Well, I'm going to tell you. They're going to be tested. They're gifted. Many of them are Pentecostal. Many of them are what you call charismatic Pentecostal. They're not of God. They are like in the first, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, I use a principle. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a, there is a principle. I'm going to read it to you. Okay, this is John chapter 1. In verse 12. Well, let's start with verse 11. He came unto his own. His own received him not. But as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I'm going to use that principle. There are what we call pastors. The pastors of this country have taken over the ship. I use that term pastors because I don't like to be called pastor. I do pastor, but I don't like that title. I'm not a pastor. God has given me other abilities in administration, and one of them is pastor, but it's not my strength. But this nation has been taken over by the pastors of the land. They, pastors of the land, do not want to have true people that have the office of prophet in their churches because the prophets only care for the plan and will of God's children because they know the time that we live in and the prophets generally if allowed to be part of a, an assembly that assembly will be free from a lot of witchcraft 
from people that infiltrate. So, some of these men are in the position by the will of the flesh. They just want position. They're there for a pension. They're there to make money, to live. They're charismatic. They can speak. They're eloquent. But they're there by the will of the flesh. Secondly, they're there by the will of man. In other words, because they're very gifted, others that are older say, hey, this young man will bring in a lot of young people. Let's put him in a position of authority. Let's let him have a pulpit. By the will of man, and so they put these people in a position, in a pulpit. Then, by the will of blood, I know a brother, Oral Roberts. He's called by God. He was, definitely. Now his son believes that he, because his dad was a pastor, By blood, he should be a pastor. Joel Olstein. His dad is a minister. Now Joel, he's there by the will of blood because he feels his dad was, so he's going to be. Then you have Calvary Churches, Chuck Smith. His son, because my dad was a pastor, I'm going to be a pastor. By the will of blood. So you have either by the will of blood or men who know that an individual can really help build the ministries by the will of the the by the will of man or by the will of the flesh because somebody just wants to be a pastor many there are those men who have assemblies that are devil worshipers and they have christian people so deceived they're sitting in an assembly where the actual Leader, the pastor, is a devil worshiper, not even a Christian. I could name a name right now in Southern California, and you won't believe me because I know the spirit and the power of the spirits behind that individual, and nobody will believe. What it takes. For the Christian people to know that the burner on the stove is on is they have to put their hand on it and they get severely burned but then they realize, ooh. Most believers do not have the discernment that is necessary for this time that you're in. You should ask the Holy Spirit Give me discernment, Lord. Give me a spirit of discernment so that I can see who I'm around. I can see what you're speaking, that I will have discerning to know when I'm in the presence of a devil worshiper.
to see these people that are like witches. There are some of these witches that are, oh, they look so much like a Christian. They are so, boy, they are friendly. They are just, you want to be their friend. But they're actually God-haters. They're actually using the occult to get through life. And these young men, oh, they are just people you want to be around. But they're actually in training to be high priests in the satanic community. So, there are many of these, in this here in northern Colorado, there are many of these churches that sprung up. These men that are in these assemblies are there by the will of the flesh, by the will of blood, by the will of man. They are not there by the will of God. I was with the fellowship down in Denver, weekend conference, and during one, it was a three-day, like four-day seminar kind of a thing where you had a lot of speakers. And we're at a table visiting with some friends that I knew that helped host the event. And a guy comes over and he begins a conversation. And I made a comment to him that, you know, he was accusing a brother of being very arrogant and I just told this man, I said, you know, you're mistaking arrogance for confidence. I said, he's confident in the verses that he's presenting. He's confident that these verses and his interpretation is correct. And you're interpreting that confidence as being, he's being arrogant and proud. And he snapped at me. He said, I'm the pastor here. I'm the pastor here. I said, well, I said, you may be the pastor, but, uh, you know, I, I'm just a, just a member of the body of Christ. But I'm just saying that you're mistaking his confidence for arrogance. I'm the pastor here. I'm the, and, and everybody at the table was just shocked. I don't care. So what? If he can't see the difference between arrogance and confidence, I don't care. No one knew what to do. And he, he and his son took off. They just walked away. Well, after that, I told the brother, I said, you know this guy? This guy, uh, this guy is not a pastor. He's here, he's here to make money. This guy has this authority by the will of the flesh. He likes the, to be recognized. He likes to be somebody. He was just arrogant in himself. Well, after that weekend was over, I just said, Lord, this guy is not ordained to be a pastor. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. He's not ordained. He's there by the will of the flesh here to make money for his own selfish reasons. 
I get a call from this brother about six months later, the friend that hosted this conference. He says, hey, man. He says, guess what? Remember that pastor of that fellowship? I said, yeah. He goes, he and his brother, he went on vacation. While he was on vacation, the board decided to vote him out. He came back and said, well, you're no longer pastor. You've been dismissed. Then in Longmont, I'm praying with some prayer group pastors. The Lord told me, you just pray with these brothers that these in these churches in this city, the men that are not called by me, that they will be removed from their positions. Two churches within a month lost their pastors. You think this was accident? No, it's not accident. God loves His people. And He is not in the... He is not happy with these men in these positions that are there by the will of blood. Well, my dad was a pastor, and I'm going to be a pastor, and my grandpa was a pastor. I know a brother. His father, his grandfather, was a pastor used to build churches in the south and then after he built a, a physical building he would give it to a man that he felt God wanted to be the pastor of that assembly then his son became a pastor and then his son became a pastor so you have a generation of three well the pastor friend the third he had a son who the mother and dad decided they felt he should be a pastor. And one day the Lord spoke to me. We were in Vegas, standing. I was at his in his home. He had the uh, swimming pool in the backyard. He was just cleaning, cleaning leaves out of the pool. And I told him, I said, brother, I see a cord of three but I don't see a cord of four. I see your father, your grandfather, your father, yourself, but I don't see your son becoming a pastor. I see a cord of three. I don't see a cord of four. It has come to pass. So, it came to pass. The grandfather, his father, and he, they had ministries, established ministries, nationally but the son no by the will of blood by the will of the flesh by the will of man so they're in these positions illegally but then there are those that are in the positions by the will of God I can name some that Pentecostals that I know are in positions by the will of God all Nations Church, Mel Johnson, Fort Collins. There was a time, Resurrection Fellowship, John Stalker. What do I feel about Jonathan? <clears throat> my own opinion, my own view. No, not called by God, by the will of man. And Lester Summerall. Yes, an individual ordained by God from the time 
before he was even born, ordained to be positioned in ministry in the Pentecostal churches according to the will of God. Oral Roberts, yes. His son, not so much so. How about Billy Graham and his son? You have a father-son team. I believe that Franklin has been positioned by the Lord. I think that he has learned the spiritual principles of spiritual growth. How about Joel Osteen? His dad is a pastor. Uh, personally, by the will of the of the by the will of blood, he feels that my dad was. I'm gifted. I'm handsome. I'm sophisticated. The wind, the rain, the flood is coming to all these churches here in northern Colorado that have sprung up that the Lord told me in 2007. Religion is going to be my enemy. There are churches that are going to spring up. I can't believe it. I cannot believe the number of these assemblies that have sprung up in northern Colorado. The Lord's word is good. And the Lord said, Satan is going to send the cowboy circuit with their ropes and their horses and they're going to try to tie up my Holy Spirit. But this time, you know it's going to come out of the pan, out of the chute. I'm going to tell you what's coming out of the chute up here in northern Colorado. There's coming a big Brahma bull. And you're going to have these four horses, four ropes, and four riders. And they're looking for a little tiny calf, the Holy Spirit in its infancy. And they're going to find a Brahma bull with a, a set of horns. And God is going to bring some very powerful punishment to this prophetic move that is not by God. Not of God. Already, it had begun. I'd been out of this area up until about 2015. Moved back in 2016 to stay. I didn't want to come back. Don't like Colorado. Colorado. Too many attacks from powerful satanic people in this state principalities and powers I don't like Colorado but when you're ordained to a location the watchmen are not allowed to leave that location and so and what happens is when if you have been called to northern Colorado to this hidden move of the Holy Spirit then you got to stay put if you haven't been called maybe somebody let's say somebody out in Aunt, 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 Aunt Sue in Des Moines Iowa is listening to this program 
And Aunt Sue decides she wants to come out to be part of this move in Colorado. If she hasn't been called to be here, then she better be careful. Because she's going to do two things. Three things are going to happen. One, she's going to try to tie up the Holy Spirit and hinder and interfere with the move. She's going to get her in trouble. Secondly, she's going to muddy the waters so that things are going to be unclear. Thirdly, what will happen is if she hasn't been ordained to be here, then she's out of position and the spirits that rule these counties in northern Colorado and this area are going to be able to attack her. They're going to be able to cause hardships, sickness. This is what the Apostle Paul was saying in Hebrews chapter 12. God is shaking the earth, but He's also going to shake the heavens. This church in America, Pentecostal, Evangelical, all the Catholic churches, every single one of the seven lampstands that are located in America, all of them, the winds, the rains, the floods are coming what has been built on sand is going to be made, it's going to be evident. They won't stand what's coming. Every Christian, born again Christian in America, is the winds, the rains, and the floods are going to come to test your faith, your trust in the Lord, to test the decisions you have made and are making. The winds are the spirits. The rains are the, the spiritual forces in conjunction with the uh, culture. The floods are going to be government, mankind, your neighbor that in the physical world are going to try to afflict you that are going to try to actually destroy you everything is going to be shaken Paul is talking about in Ephesians the spirits that we are at war with, not the flesh. We can't, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against principalities, powers, rulers in the, in the air, and the, I'm going to just end by saying that the Prophetic people believe that they can set themselves in their positions by their giftings. They can't. Giftings have no 
are, no, are not part of anything. It's by your growth in life. I'm going to end the program for today. God bless all of you. God bless you. I mean the Holy Spirit bless you and protect you and keep you. I will be back next week. 9 to noon. Join me. 1360khnc.com for podcasts. And we're going to go to the program. God bless you. Talk to you next week. Rick Rodriguez.